Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today for your weekly recap by Aaron. Hey, that's me. How's I it look, going? I, was, I look like a Republican now. You do. You look like <laughs> a um, a winded Republican. I Here's the thing. I was getting a haircut, uh-huh. and as they were cutting it, I was like, you know what? I'm a white guy from the South. I was basically bred to look like a douchebag. Sure. You know? I wasn't going to say it, but you put it out I there, only, so. look, the only acceptable haircut I can have is, like, the real, like, the, uh, you know, like, the John Edwards. That's the sure. only thing that looks good on me. As a white man, uh-huh. you have two choices. You have the John Edwards uh-huh. or the unwashed hippie. Yeah, basically, that's it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was just, you know... Blazers were specifically cut to make me look good. Sure. You know, they're built for me. Lean I into just, it. I got to go. All, you know what? I got to go all in on it. You got it. That's what I have to. So Eric, I believe, sprinted here. Yeah, I ran from the train. It was cool. <laughs> uh, well, it was like I had everything planned out. Like, it's so crazy. This is literally the least busy day I've ever had. Sure. Like, my dog walking, all my clients canceled because it's Easter weekend. They're all rich and they're going out of town, you uh-huh. know? So, like, all my clients canceled. Uh, and I was like, cool, I have this literally one thing to do for five <laughs> minutes. Be a nice, relaxing day. Yeah, I got like, like five frantic texts from Eric. Well, you, you were like, do you want to record? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was <laughs> like, you know, I have to do this thing for five minutes at 2.30. <laughs> like, I'll be good. Like, I can get to your place like really quickly, you know, maybe 3.30. You're like, great, that works great. And then it just kept getting pushed back further and further and further. And I was like, okay, all right. Still be pretty good. Oh still be pretty God. good. And then I was like, hey, like... This is running late. I'm done, but I have to help out. Like, is four o'clock okay? And you were like, literally, this is the only time I have to record. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. so I was like, oh. Because yeah. I'm running to a rehearsal. Uh-huh. Uh, Eric is just drenched in sweat. Yeah. You do not have to wear the blazer when recording. To be the honest, podcast. I kind of like it, though. Wow. I might take it off mid episode. You changed, man. I have. I don't know. I got two jobs now. I'm rich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that works, right? Uh-huh, yeah. If you're rich, you just keep getting more jobs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I literally work uh, sun up to sundown, and that sure. means I'm rich. Just like the one percenter uh-huh. you are, you one know. Percenter. Uh, guys, I have an announcement. Ooh. I am doing another online hangout for my $10 a month Patreon supporters and higher. There are a few of you. I see you $50 a month members. <laughs> that would be really funny if the hangout was literally only for the $10 members. Yeah, like fuck you, you. You give us more money? No. Yeah. Why You're the 1%. You don't get it. Go wear your blazers, you <laughs> pieces of shit. No, please don't do that. And thank you so much for sending me your money. So we're going to do the next online hangout. Uh, when did I pick? The 28th. It's a Sunday. Probably in the PM. Not mm-hmm. probably. We're going to do it in the PM. And wait a second. No, we're not. Is that Game of Thrones? Oh, what? Is Game of Thrones Sundays? I think that's. I think that sounds right we're to me. We're doing it Saturday, guys. <laughs> okay. I'll, live. I'll live changing the time right now. <laughs> I just realized that. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. You, uh, you do your hangout and nobody's there. It's just you typing alone into a chat hangout. Yeah, sorry, guys. I got to focus when I'm watching Game <laughs> of Thrones. So we'll do it Saturday, uh, the 27th. Time to be determined. I'll announce it at Patreon. Listen, I wish I could say that I was doing it on the 27th to, like, change things up and doing it mid-month instead of at the beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. The truth is I just straight up forgot to <laughs> hang out. I was looking at my calendar, and I was like, okay, I sent the letters uh-huh. to my $50 a month members. And higher, Ooh, yeah. there's a few of you. I see you. What? And then I was like, when did I do the hangout? Oh, my God, I didn't do the hangout. Mm-hmm. Guys, stuff has been nuts. Yeah. That's a good way to, to s- phrase it. Eric, tell everybody how busy I am. <laughs> I literally never see Allison. <laughs> you don't have to tell everyone. Allison might be legitimately my closest friend in New York, and uh-huh. I never see we her. Never <laughs> we never hang out. We never Because Eric's a one percenter now, and he uh-huh. has seven jobs. <laughs> uh-huh. And I am just the busiest human yeah. being in the world. <laughs> so we never hang out anymore. Uh, yeah. Unless we're recording this show where we get to yell about politics for Honest, an hour. That is, I'm not going to, like... Being perfectly honest, mm-hmm. I think that might be like a solid, let's say, thirty-five percent of the reason we still have an improv team and perform regularly. Oh, it's just so sure. we can hang out with each other. I think it is. I think <laughs> it is because yeah, I was talking about that with Chloe because we cut down on how often we practice, uh-huh. and I was like, we can just like hang out because I think that's what we want to do anyway. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh yeah, we could just <laughs> be together yeah, as yeah. friends. 
so while we're in the pop culture section, hello, if you're new to Light Trees and News, welcome. This show is divided into thirds. We talk about pop culture up top, then we talk about bad news. Uh-oh. But don't worry, we end the show with good news. So once again, this is going to be a regular segment as long as Eric is guest hosting, mm-hmm. where I talk about Game of Thrones yep. and Eric can't respond Great. because Eric yeah. doesn't watch I, Game of I, Thrones. I, I okay. have watched it. I do not currently. So I'm not avoiding it so much as I don't have HBO nor the willpower to figure out how to see it. So Yeah, you could just get somebody's HBO Go password. I could at some point, I yeah. assume. So having... Only seen the first season of Game of Thrones. I want mm-hmm. you to tell me what you think happened in the season eight premiere. Okay. Here's some things I know for a fact happened. Okay. Someone died. That's not right. What? Wait. Nobody died? Wait, let me think. No, nobody died. Nobody? Well, that sounds like an unsuccessful episode of no, Game of Thrones. Here's then. why nobody died. Because they're building us up. Now I'm like, did somebody die? <laughs> no, nobody died. Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen had sex in front of the dragons. Great. Which I feel like we all kind of died when that happened. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like, so the premiere was just a bunch of reunions for characters who have been separated for like eight seasons. Okay, cool. So it was a very emotional episode. They are building us up for very painful deaths. Of course, of course. Of course, because that's what they do. There was probably fire? Um... (laughs) That's yes, so, there yeah. was a flaming sword. Great. All right. Oh, oh, Perfect. and uh, the 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 Night King does very fucked up things where he like leaves. Um, I'll call it death art in his wake. <laughs> okay. Where he like tore a child apart mm-hmm. and like. Wait. So somebody did die. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess there was death. When you said that, I meant like a major character. Oh right, no, yeah. there was death. There was, a, yeah, sure. <laughs> like as a very background sort of white noise, there was death. Uh, but like scattered their parts in like a spiral <laughs> on the wall, and then there was like a very kind of normal scene happening, and then all of a sudden, this thing in the background burst into flames, and the kid reanimated and started oh screaming. Oh and my it was god! The scariest thing I've ever yeah. seen. Wow, that's crazy. It was very intense. Uh, I, is there a conspiracy that I... Because I hear people talk about Game of Thrones all the time because it's literally inescapable. Sure. Because uh, it's all anyone in our culture knows about. Sure. Um, is there like a uh, is there like a, a conspiracy theory that Jon Snow is a Targaryen? Yes. So... So possibly he may have just... I mean, I would say committed incest, but that seems like a thing people just do on Game of Thrones. So it's not a conspiracy. It's been established that he is the one t- true king to unite okay. the seven kingdoms. Uh, he, for a very long time, you thought he was the bastard son of Ned Stark, Sean Bean. Right. Uh-huh. And some bitch who they like never really get into. And it turns out that is not true. He was actually the son of Ned Stark's sister. Okay. And she had an affair with a Targaryen. I see. And it was a forbidden love affair because Uh she was promised to another. And Jon Snow is their son. So he is a Targaryen. That's how he's able to ride a dragon with Daenerys. Does he know this? Uh, Has he figured this out? He discovered it in the season eight premiere because Sam, his friend, told him. I, so and this is before or after he slept with his now yes uh, cousin I will say I don't know how, I don't Kit know Harrington I don't know if it was an acting decision really sort of undersold the discovery <laughs> that he had been fucking his aunt <laughs> so I'm hoping oh it's his aunt okay <laughs> yeah I'm hoping in the second episode I hope the episode just opens to him screaming <laughs> and throwing up and screaming yeah and throwing up. Cause that so he finds out he slept with his aunt. He's like, hmm. But it's also Game of Thrones, and it, like, right. there's so much incest that I don't think he was like. Yeah, there's like literally incest in like the first episode, right? Oh, and every episode since the right, first yeah. episode, <laughs> like the Lannisters, it's like a major right, Lannister, plot yeah, yeah. point <laughs> that uh, Jamie Lannister is the father of all of Cersei Lannister's <laughs> children. Uh, so yeah, I don't know how I felt about the premiere. I heard a lot of people were not satisfied with oh, it. Oh, I know what I was going to say. There's another uh, conspiracy theory. Man, I'm going to put spoilers in the description for this because if you don't like conspiracy theory talk because you count it as spoilers, skip ahead to the music cue. Mm-hmm. There's another theory that the Night King, because mm-hmm. we really don't get his backstory. Okay. Get it a little bit with some of the mythology, but not really. That he is a Targaryen as well. Ooh. 
So because he also rides a dragon. Is everyone in Game of Thrones part of, like one of these seven families? Uh no. I mean there's a bunch of families, but like the royal families. Are, I see. Okay. Yeah. These are like the important families. Yes. But it's of not the seven kingdoms. But it's not everyone. Everyone doesn't belong to one of these families. No. Okay, I got it. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of, um, not fan service, but there were just certain boxes they needed to tick mm-hmm. in the first episode. And the first episode of season eight is basically the, the premiere again. Right. Where it's, we're back at Winterfell, uh-huh. the Starks are reunited. Right. Um, I, w- I think it was worth it just to see John and Arya reunite. Mm-hmm. And there's a very funny scene where you don't know this because you haven't been watching, but Arya's arc over the entire series has been, she is just now a full-blown cold-blooded murderer. <laughs> and she still has the little sword that Jon Snow gave her when she first left Winterfell mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the series. Right. It's called Needle. Kay. And when they reunite, he's like, you still have Needle. And then he's like, have you used it? totally naive <laughs> and Arya in a very creepy way <laughs> responds like a couple times yeah it's like oh she's killed so, she's many, killed so people. many people oh she's gonna kill so many more here's so i have a question yes and again for everybody listening so you don't tear your hair out mm-hmm. i am missing like a decade's worth of television yes eric has no idea what's going on i was watching like an older show and they referenced game of thrones and i was like i've missed a lot yes <laughs> um, so much um but uh, what struck me from watching the first season mm-hmm. was that very early on in the series, there was like a big deal made out of uh, the White Walkers, this sort of yes. mythical monster that yeah. is terrorizing the whole world. Yes, and the Night King leads them. Okay, but it was like they were like, they start off the series, I think, that way. Mm-hmm. People are just terrified of these mythical beings, and then they never talk about them again. Do they come back sometime in the series? Is it a big deal? Yeah, yeah. So that okay. that's what's happening right now. The Night King has gotten his army of the undead together, the White Walkers, I and see. they've they tore down the wall. Remember the wall? Yes, I remember the wall. Uh that Jon Snow was protecting. They tore down the wall. They tore it it's down. It's a big ass wall. Yeah. They just tore it down. They got a dragon now. They killed a dragon and it reanimated, so now they have a dragon. Jesus. So yeah, they are now marching on uh, Winterfell. So Jon wow. Snow is desperately trying to get the Seven Kingdoms to stop fighting wow. so they can unite okay. and fight uh, the White Walkers. But as you might imagine, that's not very easy. Yeah. You know who wouldn't like the White Walkers? Donald Trump. That's true. <laughs> he would. I mean, are they Mexican? Are the white? Are you making the I mean, argument that White Walkers I just Walkers mean are that Mexican? they tore down the wall. He would not be a fan. But they're also white. It's like in their name. He would be very conflicted. He'd be like, well, you're white, but, but you also, down my wall. Oh, my, like, walls. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so... He's not a smart man, is what he's I'm not, He's a big dummy, and we'll get to <laughs> more of how dumb he is in a second. So, other recommendations. I guess, yeah, I guess I'm recommending the, the premiere. I don't know. I Game of conflicted. Thrones in general, I guess. Just watch it. Well, the season premiere I was conflicted about just because... I don't know. It, it felt like they were just ticking boxes, and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm very excited about the rest of the season. Now that we can move past the obligatory, okay, the Starks have been reunited, let's get to... Here's a question. It seems very likely that they will finish the series before George R.R. R. Martin finishes his book. Oh, that absolutely, they will. Do you think people will still read the book? Or yeah. they'll be like, uh, I'm done with this. Well, that's this. actually really interesting, because George R.R. R. Martin has not been trying to play people. Like, when asked where they were like, is there going to be a big difference between how the HBO series ends and how the book ends? He said no. Right, because he's consulting on the show, right? So he's basically like, instead of writing the book, it's just like, I'll just do it through the television show. I don't think it'll matter because I think the hardcore Game of Thrones nerds know there'll be a bunch of details in the book. So it'll be basically the same. There'll just be more information. It'll be like a richer experience, I'm sure. And I'm also sure that if you've been on this journey so far, Uh you're like dying to read the last book. Even though everybody's pissed at him, you know? Um, there's a part of me, there's a small part of me just because I uh, like to see people suffer. Uh, kind of hoping he dies before he finishes oh my the God, book. Can you imagine? <laughs> just because I think people will freak out. People will be like rummaging through his house trying to find the manuscript. They won't like, let him die. They'll, no. like, they'll find the technology. <laughs> that's, that's probably why those scientists did the experiment on pig brains, <laughs> right. trying to reanimate. They're like, just we can't let him die. Yeah, that son of a bitch. <laughs> He's looking for an easy way out. He's going to be the first like head in a jar. Like For dictating sure. the book, yeah. <laughs> just like get it done and then you can rest in peace. But you have to finish the book. So other recommendations. Have you seen or heard 
uh, Beyonce's Homecoming. I special. haven't watched it yet. I saw the trailer, mm-hmm. but I haven't watched it yet. It's amazing. It mm-hmm. the footage is beautiful. It also makes you realize just what a feat the yeah. whole production was. Yeah. Especially now, like this year, there's been so many technical snafus at Coachella. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you've seen, but like the sound went out during Lizzo and Ariana Grande's show. I didn't actually see that. Um, it was bad. Ariana Grande literally. Oh, it was Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj, and they were trying to sing together. Yeah. And at one point, Ariana Grande just goes into her mic. We can't hear each other. Right. I uh there I watched uh whose mic went out? Vince Staples mic went out when he was on stage with uh Billy Eilish. Like I'm not saying Is that how you say your name? Billy Eilish? I think so. I go I was going to re- she's one of my um my pop culture wrecks, uh-huh. but I also feel a million years old recommending her <laughs> because I'm like, have you guys heard of Billy Eilish and everyone has heard of uh-huh. Billy Eilish by yeah. now? But I like her. I know some people shit on her, but I like her. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't really have an informed opinion about it. Uh, kind of reminds me of just like Lana Del Rey and that whole yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. It, again, I feel a thousand years old. Yeah, that's my lane, though. I li- I like this sort of um, druggy burnout right, right. recorded in my bedroom mm-hmm. sound. Um, but yeah, Beyonce's. Um, Homecoming, the soundtrack, and the Netflix Netflix special, especially like I was saying, in the wake of Coachella this year being a clusterfuck with tech, mm-hmm. like they do a lot of behind the scenes footage, right. yeah. Especially you, because like uh, there's a lot of footage of the band and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah, and just them talking about like she's visibly mad in one of the behind the scenes moments mm-hmm. where she's like, "What we're doing isn't translating onto film." And I need it to translate onto film. Right. And they had to like basically invent a way to record the sound. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a weird thing. Like there's a reason that like most most I would go on record as saying like most concert like documentaries or documentaries are like live like videos of shows are really bad. Mm -hmm. Because I mean, A, this is a big reason I don't go to festivals anymore, is because Music sounds bad outdoors. Mm-hmm. It does not matter really what you do to it. Sure, because it gets lost. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, this big open field. Right. The sound's going everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's no good place to stand. A little trick for people if you're really like interested in sound. Unless you are like dying to be in the front row, like right up against the gate. Here's t- There's only two places I think it's acceptable to stand at a show. Indoors or outdoors. Okay. Front row. Right up front. Pass, hard pass. Right. Some people like it. Yeah. I'm saying like if you like it, be up front. Mm-hmm. If not, stand by the sound booth. Yeah. Yeah. No, you that g- is true. You gotta stand by the sound booth because that is where the sound engineer is hearing everything from. Right. So it's mixed from that perspective. Right. So you stand right next to the sound booth, you're gonna get the best sound because that's where the the sound person is hearing everything right. from. Right. Little trick. Yeah, that is in my experience very true. Speaking of feeling old, do you wanna Here's something that I was just gonna just gonna make you like rage. Sure. Uh, I was working with someone earlier today. Okay. And they were like, we were just talking about like college and our careers and all this stuff. And I asked them about like their college and stuff, and they're like, Oh no, I graduated. I'm so old. And I was like, How old are you? And they're like, I'm 27. You don't. And have I was to like, say you're old. I'm gonna. If you're younger than 30. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw something. Yeah. <laughs> just like, fuck you. <laughs> I hope you killed that. <laughs> so, did you have any wrecks before I keep um, going? Uh, well, you know what? I will say I've got all my snacks ready for the big Jordan Jordan Peterson Slavarz Zizek debate tonight. When is that? Oh, Ooh, tonight. it's tonight. It's live stream from Toronto. Oh you have to like God. pay to live stream it, which I will not do. I, I will wait for the. I, I to w- write that down as a recommendation. <laughs> I, I I'm, I'm going to wait for the video to come out because I refuse to pay for it, but I will watch it as yeah. soon as it is available for free. Wow. Which also like some crafty Slavarz Zizek fan has to be like ripping it and putting it on the internet for free because if not you're a coward sure uh if you really you know uh just do it um but yeah uh no i haven't i've been reading a lot i'm working on going back to school and like uh doing some research uh so i've just been reading a lot of like weird philosophy and social theory stuff is that what you're going back to school for yeah i'm gonna finish my degree in sociology and then look at going to grad school hey yeah so uh i've been reading a lot of like uh this is one 
uh, I've been reading the. I'm working on this one thing with a, an old professor of mine on um, uh, most of this stuff I'm doing revolves around like human animal relationships. Mm-hmm. So I've been. We're like trying to do. We're trying to like uh, do this thing around some of uh, Arlie Hochschild's work. And Arlie Hochschild was the social theorist that came up with uh, like coined the terms for like emotional labor, mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, and like feeling rules and stuff like this. So I've been reading a lot of that because I'm. We're, incorporating some of that into the stuff we're doing mm-hmm. um so that's really all i've been reading lately just a lot of like weird like social theory stuff that's cool yeah um, uh, i've been doing a lot of like pop culture stuff because i again as i mentioned uh literally work from sun up to sundown true. so <laughs> because you're very wealthy yeah mm-hmm. so did you see probably not because we have no time uh the latest snl with emma stone uh no i saw the the digital short that Julio Torres wrote. The, the actor. The actor. Oh, so the funny. Actress. The actress. I'm sorry. Yes, the actress. So uh, everyone was recommending that to me, and I started watching it, and I was a little disconcerted at first because as soon as it started, I was like, oh, she's going to work on a porn set. Uh huh. And then that happened, and I was like, okay. And that's, then, like a very, that's like a pretty old idea at this point yes. i think yeah yeah so that i was a little concerned when it started uh-huh. three-fourths of the way through that sketch <laughs> it gets insane yeah, it gets when they go into her eye and uh-huh. she sees like the whole history uh-huh. of her character i started screaming yeah it's so funny i was like this is so good that's really funny i didn't see yeah i didn't seen that whole episode or kits i didn't see kits either so also in that episode uh shout out to whoever wrote the line for megan mccain in which she referred to herself as the princess of arizona uh-huh that's really again good. I screamed out loud. Yeah, that's really uh, good. And then also, I had never seen... Are they called BTS? Yeah. Yeah, the Korean... Uh, okay, K-pop. Right. Now you sound a thousand years old because BTS is They're the biggest huge. band in the They're world. Huge. No, and I had heard of K-pop and all of that stuff. And like I had seen their little faces on billboards and uh-huh. stuff like that. And they're all adorable. Yep. So I was like, okay, I'd never seen them before. They are so fucking good. They're great, yeah. They're so They're fun. They're very fun, yeah. Whoever styled them is a fucking genius. They're just like so entertaining to watch. Like the styling is on point. Whoever their choreographer is, on point. They're all like, I said that BTS is Korean for soft butch <laughs> because all of them are just giving like the hottest soft butch vibes. I think, I think like... I don't even think this is specific to BTS, but like I think like not that I'm the biggest fan of this genre, but I think like K-pop in general, mm-hmm. both like the boy bands and the girl bands, just like K-pop in general is like the best realized version of the like group pop. Yes. It made me think back to like when like NSYNC was super fun. Yeah, there was like a definite but time. But even more so. Right, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. there was a time, like, when Backstreet Boys and NSYNC first started with their f- their first few, like, very big hits, where it seemed like that's what this was. Mm-hmm. And then they sort of, like, I guess, you know, because they got famous and needed to have, like, full careers, started doing more different types of stuff, like ballads, trying to be more artsy and stuff like that, where it feels like K pop is just like, no, this is just what we do and we're great at it. Right. And I feel like the stage show of K-pop is much more intense yes. than than sort of like American pop. So much like so that I was like, oh, I don't think any of them can sing. <laughs> right, right. It's just this, they're so fun to watch. I don't yes. care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, the, the whole stage show is much more elaborate, much more yeah. colorful. It's just, like I said, it feels like sort of the apex, like the best realized version of this genre of like, group pop performance mm-hmm. you know um, it's just very funny because they like three times during the show they kept talking about how loud the audience was because <laughs> they were screaming for bts yeah, yeah, yeah. And i was like what is wrong with these people and then I, they came out and i was like ah! <laughs> like i fully got it i was like um, okay yeah yeah also uh, i feel like i should recommend a book so you all believe i still know how to read wow because nerds. i truly have not recommended a book yeah. in the pop culture section for all you nerds in a while uh-huh. i am reading the heavens by sandra newman Ooh. and it is very good nice oh one very small pop culture thing i will uh yes. i have been paying attention to uh no surprise to anyone out there uh jeopardy <laughs> oh man uh <laughs> Jeopardy's insane right now, in case you haven't been watching it. There's this one guy, uh, I think his name is James Holtzauer. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> up until two weeks ago, nobody had ever won more than $100,000 on a one single game of Jeopardy. Okay. Holtzauer's done it four times <gasps> wow. in 10 episodes. Wow. He's 
insane. What a nerd. He's just going on there. He's killing it. Every time he gets to a daily double, he either does a full true daily double, even if it's like $40,000. Wow. Or he'll just like, if he's got like 50 grand, he'll just like do a daily double for like 35, 40 grand. He's insane. What's what's his fucking deal? What does he do? He's just like, he his uh, oh, okay, this is also awesome. His uh, profession is that he's a professional sports better. Uh, <gasps> he lives in Vegas and he just bets on sports what a all badass. day. He's awesome. Oh, that's and cool. The first game that he won, the first game that he broke the record and won over. This is the most baller thing I've ever seen. So he, this is the most animated I've ever seen, Eric. Jeopardy is so good, guys. <laughs> that's all I want to do is watch Jeopardy, and like <laughs> it's so good. Anyway, uh, the first game that he broke the record. So the previous record was seventy-seven grand mm-hmm. for one single game of Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this guy, I think named like Richard Craig or something like that, mm. but that was like seven or eight years ago. I mean, it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. So this guy, James Holzer, had won I think like three games in a row, and it got to his fourth game. He goes into Final Jeopardy with like already like seventy grand. Mm-hmm. Like he's up there. He's about to break the record. He gambles an insane amount of money, and then he gets it right. His total is like one hundred ten thousand four hundred and nine or something, mm-hmm. and he's like. Oh, my daughter was born on November 4th, 14. So his winning total of money was his daughter's birthday. What? Yeah. He figured out like the exact amount he had to do to get it right and make the final total. What a cocky asshole. He is so good. It's so so fun to watch. How old is he? Is he like older? Like mid 30s. Oh my God. He's so young. Wow. Okay. Guys, we went over in the pop culture section because of Jeopardy, which I truly never thought I would say. But that's probably a good thing because, listen. There's so much bad news. There's so much bad news that we have to get to. But let's all hold hands and cry. We'll get through it together. Here is your bad news. Obviously, we got to talk about the full redacted Mueller report. Well, you are in luck because I have read all 400 <laughs> pages of it. That's all I've been doing. I should have mentioned that in the recommendations. I recommend the Mueller report. That's your third my, job. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, exactly. All 400 plus pages <laughs> of the Mueller report. So uh, obviously, we have now discovered some key findings. When I say we, I mean um, people who were hired to actually read <laughs> all 400 pages. You bunch of oh, losers, fucking nerds. That's what. That's uh, that's the 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 U.S. the the federal government uh, fucking nerds. Right. That's what they're called. I think. So Mueller looked at ten instances of possible obstruction by Trump. Mm-hmm. Um. And Trump's attempts to obstruct justice were foiled by his own staff. So, yeah. Yeah. Way, way, way back when I think, like, either Michael Flynn or Paul Manafort, when, like, those charges were first starting to come out. And we were talking about, on this show, the likelihood of Trump being indicted or, or being found guilty of anything. Right. What I said was, they probably will shield him with plausible deniability. Uh Uh-huh. Because all they have to do is not directly involve him in any of the decision making or have evidence that that was happening. Right. And there would be enough plausible deniability. Like his idiot son met with the Russians. We know that for a fact. But Trump himself didn't go. Mm -hmm. So I had a feeling he would be shielded by the people around him sort of either falling on the sword themselves Mm -hmm. or protecting him with plausible deniability. So it looks like that maybe did happen, but also that there were just members of his own staff who were sort of saving him from fully stepping in the shit right well yeah because there's so much weird nuance like the legality of this stuff because like so for instance with the russian like with the with the collusion aspect of it it's like it's i guess not illegal for the u.s government to meet with russian like operatives and get information it's only legal if they ask the russians to get the information right so if the russians come to you and like we have all this oppo on hillary it's not illegal, at least in the eyes of Barr and the, like the, the Department of Justice, it's not illegal to take the info. Right. It's illegal if you go, hey, Russia, can you 
go get this info and for that's us. what Mueller Mueller detailed how there was a ton of Russian interference right. in the 2016 election that did happen right we know they did hack the DNC right they did meet with Donald yeah, Trump Jr. that's all they well did established hand them, yeah. like you know damaging information right. about the Hillary Clinton campaign right. all of that happened yeah um but yeah, it was that proving that they like right. approached them, right. saying like, "Hey, maybe yeah. do this for us." Exactly. And then with the obstruction of justice thing, it's interesting because it's like, <laughs> basically, Mueller's like, "Oh yeah, Trump asked his staff to obstruct justice, but they didn't do it, so it's not illegal. Right. It's not illegal until they actually obstruct the justice. Right. Even if he asked them to, it's not illegal until they do it. So there was like a couple cases where he did ask like for them to lie." Mm-hmm. Or to like go meet with other people or go like obstruct in some way and they just didn't do it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you can ask, but it's not obstruction of justice until they actually do it. Well, and that's why there's this other several aspects to this investigation, which is the special counsel found plenty of other criminal leads that have been forwarded to other investigators. Right. Because a ton of shady shit, possibly very well, possibly illegal shit, was happening. Right, right. right. Um so this is not going to go away. No. And there's, I mean, there's like, there's also all this other weird stuff. Cause it's like, it's not illegal to lie to the media, which is a lot of the stuff that happens. You know what I mean? So like, I mean, truly if it was illegal to lie to the media, every administration would be guilty. Right. Exactly. So yeah. there's, you know, so there was a lot of people who were like, Oh, well it says here that he told his sons to lie to the media or Sarah Huckabee Sanders to lie to media. It's like, yeah, that's not illegal. That's not. Yeah. It's just, that's spin. It's just spin. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, so the actual obstruction of justice is lying to an investigator, right. which they don't have any record of. Not that it didn't per se happen. Well, this is also an administration that is famous for um, like destroying any note taking that right, happens. Exactly. Or not taking any notes to begin with. Yeah. So like if the standard of evidence was we don't have any documents saying we obstructed justice. Right, right, right. It's sort of like, okay. Right. Um, and, and another big interesting, and this may be part of this, yeah. this takeaway uh, that, that uh, is up here. But one of the interesting things to me is that in the, the thing, Mueller basically makes the case that there are these 10 instances. And while a single, no single one of them is evidence legally of obstruction of justice, Moeller has a legal theory that says, taken together, he does believe there can be a prosecution for obstruction of justice. Like, he sees the 10 things together. Barr does not. Do you think that Moeller thought Barr would reach the same conclusion as him? I don't. Because he handed it off to him like... Now it's the Senate. Well, he has to. Well, he had to, right? Right, right. But then I I, I was wondering if he thought it was clear enough that the Senate would just be like, okay, now it's an art court. I don't know if he... I think he probably... He... I... Probably he probably thought they wouldn't, but his hands are tied in the matter. He, yeah, he just has. He to all he can do is investigate and give the report to the Department of Justice, and then it's up to the Department of Justice to do what they want. And Barr in his press conference is basically like, "Hey, Mueller said this. We have a different legal theory because mm-hmm. Mueller's basic legal theory is that, at least as far as what I've read into it, Mueller's basic finding in the part two, like about obstruction of justice, is basically that like." none of these 10 things in itself is evidence of obstruction of justice. Like there's these 10 incidents that I can't say for sure is obstruction of justice because a, the person didn't carry it out or Mm. B it's not like interfering with an investigator, but it's doing these other things. Also, These guys are all a pack of fucking idiots. Yeah. They're all liars and dummies. They can't even conspire, right? Exactly. So it's like none of these one single things is evidence of a, a, a a, like hard crime, Mm. but taken together, these 10 incidents do show a pattern of, of obstruction. And Mueller's basic legal theory is that things that don't necessarily have the, the, the hard intent of obstruction but have the ability to an obstruct an investigation are sh- prosecutable. But Barr is basically saying, no, the intent, the like the very clear intent of obstruction has to be present. Right. Uh, so there's like these two competing legal theories and, you know, uh, for better or worse, the way our system is set up is that Mueller's hands are tied. He yeah. just does the investigation and presents his findings. The Department of Justice decides who gets prosecuted and not. Mm. So it's kind of like, okay, well, it's up to bar, basically. Right. Uh, maybe my f- favorite part of the report was the detail <laughs> where 
when Trump was told about the special counsel's appointment, he said, oh, my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. Oh, yeah. This is everybody's favorite part because like they get to write it. Yeah, would yeah, say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, oh, just ugh. so, so um, let's see what else we talked about. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Um, Trump did cover up the real reason for the Trump Tower meeting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just don't understand how anyone looking at the summary of this report, like, I don't understand the victory lap some people are doing, Michael Tracy, Glenn Greenwald, <laughs> uh, saying, like, see, we told you there was no collusion. Yeah. It just seems such a, like, a weird hill to die on. It's weird. It's also, like, it expressly... Like, it expressly says in it, this is not evidence that he's innocent. It's just, it's like, it's not, this report is not saying that Donald Trump is innocent. It's just saying that they don't have the grounds to prosecute him, right. basically. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Mueller put forth that he thought he should be prosecuted for obstruction, but that's Mueller's opinion. Mm-hmm. The Department of Justice gets to decide. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, basically Mueller's whole conclusion is like, look, I don't have ground, like, there's no evidence to prosecute him on. I think he's like, you know, uh, it's not an exoneration. Mm-hmm. It's not saying nothing happened and it's not saying that he's innocent. It's just saying that like, there's no, there's no, like you couldn't win this case if right. you tried to take it right. to a trial. There, there's, there's no way because yeah. there's, you, you know, you have to have the hard evidence and there's just not any. I think, uh, I think Meredith said it when she was co-hosting with me, but she said something like, uh, your government daddy isn't coming to save you. Yeah. This is what we've always been saying about this fucking report. Yeah, we like, were like, this isn't going to magically fix anything. Donald Trump is not going to jail. No. Donald Trump is not getting impeached. Uh, we have to save ourselves. Robert Mueller was never coming to save us. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. So the people who... I There are some people in the media who like staked their career on this, basically. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that was really a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's foolish to put our trust in the state that it's going to magically write itself now that fascists have taken over the helm yeah i mean i think like yeah i think you know it's one thing to to like be like look this is it's very clear from this report that lots of shady stuff is going on donald trump is a liar uh all all stuff we we knew knew before like none of this is new it's all these like 10 instances of possible destruction were already well known yeah it's just like there were a ton of indictments. Yeah, like, there's like illegal shady shit was happening. We knew that. Yeah, and now my big, uh, my big sort of pet peeve is like, I do think it's reasonable to say, look, none of this stuff is prosecutable. Let it go. There is grounds for impeachment. Okay, I think that's a fine thing to say. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed if they they devote all their time to trying to get Donald Trump impeached. I think if the Democrats focus exclusively on impeachment they lose the election i think they don't get him impeached and they lose the election for sure for sure like i I think the people the democrats who are saying i feel like alexandria ocasio-cortez is striking the right note which is she's like listen he has violated the emoluments clause like Uh he uh, uh, that alone is a ground for impeachment yeah that is true we should recognize it's true but also hey as democrats we should be fighting for health care for everyone uh, living wages, stuff that people actually really need to survive, because the Democrats have to stand for more than standing against Trump. Sure, it is really important to stand against fascists. Yeah, absolutely. It is really important to stand against everything that Trump stands for, which is like the xenophobia and the racism and all of that shit. But at the same time, you have to offer people a vision of hope. Exactly, and that is what Obama was great at. As right. like obviously as artificial as all of that was, mm-hmm. he did have a narrative. You have to tell people a story. Yeah, because I think I think a lot of Democrat Democratic insiders have a very warped view of America, which is that everybody feels the same way they do about Donald Trump. And if you just tell people Donald Trump is bad, mm-hmm. they will vote for your candidate in 2020. Right. And that is absolutely not going to happen. Right. You can't... Look, everyone knows he's bad. Right. That's the thing about the Mueller report that I think is the most striking, too, is just like, all the... I, I th- like, people have got to understand, all of Donald Trump's supporters know all this stuff about him already. Yeah. They're like, yeah, he's a liar. But he gets stuff done. That's what they right. love about him. 
and, like and the fact that he like quote unquote owns the libs. Yeah, so exactly. Like, so it's you're like, not going to expose any rampant hypocrisy in the Trump administration. No. And like win the hearts and minds of conservatives, no. where they'll suddenly be like, I guess I'm pro-choice. Even swing voters, like forever for whatever amount of those people exist, which if, uh, it still baffles me that people like that exist, but they do. And it's like you're not going to win them by just being like, hey, Donald Trump's bad, so vote for our guy. Right. You're not. You're never going to win those people. You have to present them with some sort of alternative vision. You're making an argument for the future of the country. Exactly. Yeah. And I think also, like, if your main goal in life is to get Donald Trump out of office, which I think is a, a pretty reasonable goal, you're. N- it's not going to happen through impeachment. You just. You got to win 2020. Yeah. That's, I. I think that's a huge part of the problem with Mayor Pete. Right. Because everybody has like the same warm fuzzies that they had about Obama, which is like it. You can't deny it's extraordinary that an openly gay man is running for president of the United States. It's amazing. Right. But at the same time, I do not know where he stands on many issues because that's deliberate. Right. But he's going to hit a wall with that. Like eventually it's like you're going to have to like come down on one side or the other. Right. Your warm fuzzies won't carry you through the entire exactly, election. Yeah, yeah. So I also wanted to talk about uh, the Notre Dame fire. Obviously, a uh, very sad, uh, hugely historic building. Yeah. Um, it is sad. It's sad, but the good news is that the main structure was not compromised. Right. And they raised like a billion dollars in three seconds. <laughs> So I'm putting this in the bad news section, obviously, because it's bad. There was a fire at Notre Dame. It's a beautiful building. I've been there. I didn't post any of my uh, photos there because uh, it's not about me. <laughs> well, did you um, really go there then? <laughs> right. Did you even go? <laughs> if you don't put it on Instagram, were you ever there? <laughs> Apparently, no, I was not. <laughs> I imagined that whole thing. So the reason I'm also putting it in the bad news section is the fact that that amount of money was raised that quickly should fucking depress everyone. Yeah. Because we were not able to raise that money for, say, Puerto Rico. Right. Or uh, Flint, Michigan. Well, what's even more maddening is that the first, like, $650 million of that came from three wealthy families so in France. So that's another aspect of the... It wasn't like a ton of people raised this money. It was another byproduct of hypercapitalism. Right. Whereas like very, very, very few wealthy people just had that money that they could give away. Well, I made a point I made this point on Facebook and I got a, a lot of weirdly negative comments about this because <laughs> I was like, hey, like, you know, in two days we've raised a billion dollars to restore Notre Dame, which is I mean, cool, I guess. Like I, you know, I'm glad it's gonna get restored, but it's like it should show you that like all of this money exists to feed people and end poverty. Cause like, like I said, like 650 million of that came from three families mm-hmm. in a day, like yeah. just immediately. And what were people? Three saying? families in France. Yeah. So, it, you know, and a lot of people oh, were like, before that, like the Rockefellers right. rebuilt Notre Dame. So yeah. it, it really like is a monument to capitalism. Right. Well, I got, I, so my point was just like, look, uh, in a day, they've raised a billion dollars to restore your name. So, like, there's enough money to end poverty. Yeah. If we and wanted hunger. to, we could do it today. Yeah, like it exists. It's just that people are choosing not to do it. I shouldn't say if we wanted to, because like obviously we there are a lot of people who want to. If we didn't have this absurd, skewed system of wealth, right, 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 we could end it today. Yeah, well, the rich people could. Yeah, but they they choose not to. Sure, because they're rich. Right. <laughs> So it's like I, that was my point. It was just like, look, they raised a billion dollars to in a day, like, and so and I got multiple comments that were like, you know, it takes more than a billion dollars to end poverty, and I was like, I know. My point is that a couple of families donated a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. How many billionaires there billionaires are there in the world? Right. It wouldn't take much to like skim off the top of their wealth and just end poverty. Right. Right. Like this is a billion dollars that a couple of people scrambled together in a day. And that's just like how many billions and trillions of dollars of wealth exist in the world. Yeah. It and I think take a, l- that, a lot of like, people saw that as like a slight against Notre Dame. And it's like, it's not Notre Dame, rad building. I'm yeah. into it. Um, we could still have Notre Dame and end poverty. Right. You know? Yeah. My, yeah. My ultimate point is just like, it's obvious from how fast we raised a billion dollars to, to fix this building that the money exists. 
Yeah, this sort of fits into my theory of the United States caring about tourist destinations. Right. <laughs> like, if it's ever, like, yeah, Paris or London or Australia, it's like, I vacationed there once. Right. I care about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which actually should make you feel slightly optimistic because maybe it means that once people feel connected to a place, they want to help. Right. Which is a very human impulse. Like, sure. I went to London once and I met English people and they were very nice to me. And like, I want to help them now. It's like, oh, that's actually really sweet. Um, but we don't like really vacation in third world countries. Right, right, right. So we don't feel that connection, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, guys. So on that note, that was your bad news. We're going to end things on an up note. Ooh. Here's your good news. <laughs> is broke clap clap they're out of money and they're got a lot of bullets but they got no cash and they're broke i didn't think through the song they should melt down all those bullets for uh for cash oh they should that's actually a really good proposal you should send that to them (laughs) write it up hey uh wayne lapierre uh, (laughs) you should scrap all those bullets for money so where the fuck was this article um i'm reading it on Jezebel. Okay. But it was in I don't know. I'll just link to this article. Um but Brian Mittendorf, the chair of the accounting department of Ohio State University's Fisher College of Business, has analyzed 11 years worth of the NRA's public financial statements starting in 2007. In 7 of those years, he told me that, quote, the NRA owed more money to others than it had at its discretion to spend. A financial audit from 2017 revealed that it had nearly reached the limit of a $25 million line of credit. Jesus. Additionally, it had been forced to liquidate more than $2 million from an investment fund, borrow almost $4 million from its officers' life insurance policies, and tap another $5 million from its affiliated charitable foundation. So they're broke. Wow, it turns out uh, lining the pockets of a bunch of congressmen is uh, expensive. Super expensive! <laughs> to the point that you are tapping into your own officer's life insurance policies. Jesus. Like, why would you want to work for the NRA <laughs> if they were like, hey, by the way, we're skimming off of your life insurance policies? It's, also, like, like, it's, it's also funny to me that it's like, you're an organization just about owning guns like probably not best to fuck with your employees yeah <laughs> they might uh go crazy Listen, and I don't shoot everybody profile people but <laughs> surely don't anger the armed people <laughs> i don't know but i'm putting this in the good news section because fuck them they're a terrorist organization uh <laughs> that's great i hope they all go broke and go to jail yeah <laughs> go broke and go i wish there was a like a like a liberal version of monopoly where that was one of the boards. <laughs> go broke go to jail go broke <laughs> go to jail yeah that'd be great like yeah i hope they i hope they get caught for some sort of tax fraud or something and they all go to jail yeah there has to be something very illegal going on yeah, like uh, at the very least like they're going to owe a shit ton of people money that they can't pay and pay they're going to have to yeah. like do something i don't know declare bankruptcy i hope yeah that's i don't have any more to say about that i just hope they all go broke and go to jail word (laughs) so also in good news um the nation's largest and most economically influential city that's us new york city Ooh, you wouldn't know it by the state of our infrastructure no everything's (laughs) falling apart it took me two hours to get home last night it's really fun to like walk around new york city and use a subway and then read an article about how it's the richest city in the world you're like great Cool, cool. Where's that money to make our trains go? Yeah, so... Oh, did you hear about... Okay, one thing at a time. I'll read this, but remind me to circle back and talk about the proposal to fund the subway. Okay. 
Okay. So New York City passed a historic bill on Thursday capping climate change pollution from big buildings and mandating unprecedented cuts to greenhouse gases. Awesome. The city council approved the legislation in a 45 to 2 vote. Hell yeah. Thursday afternoon, all but ensuring its passage by a mayor eager to burnish his climate bona fides ahead of a potential run for the Democratic presidential nomination in 2020. That will be the most hilarious and embarrassing presidential uh, candidacy of all time if fucking Bill de Blasio tries to run for president. Oh my God, please don't. I'm just like, can no one else enter the race at this point? What is everyone doing? What, what is all everyone's problem? doing? <laughs> what is Why are you all fucking the worst? <laughs> just stop <laughs> it. Did you see what Rob Delaney did the other day? He retweeted a 2015 tweet that said Joe Biden was not running for president <laughs> and everybody thought it was from 2019 and we were like, yeah, he's not running. And everyone, uh, and then you saw people figure it out. And I just saw everybody tweeting him like, I hate you. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh, the subway. Um, so uh, congestion pricing. Yes. So in New York city, we have a lot of traffic, uh, if you get an Uber or a Lyft, you'll notice on your bill that if you are taking a car through Midtown, right. you'll have congestion, like a congestion tax. Oh, yeah. I noticed that today because when I was uh, running very late here, I looked at trying to get a car uh -huh. and it was very pricey. Very expensive if you're trying to come through Midtown. But the reason they do that is they're trying to encourage people to stay out of that area. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. Like the taxi drivers are like it takes us an eternity to drop yeah, people yeah, off yeah. now um it's like pointless to drive people at this point right right so that's bad for their business but they're thinking about also taxing businesses obviously that like drive trucks through that area right. here's my proposal uh nobody should drive cars in new york city that would be great i <laughs> wish they could pass that but obviously there yeah. would be uh, a civil war <laughs> <laughs> there would be a riot <laughs> <laughs> so but then they were proposing taking that money that surplus to fund the subways yeah uh i mean here's a proposal to fix subway uh how about uh the state legislatures give us the money we pay for the subway yeah didn't we win the new york state senate the liberals uh, yeah, like what we're paying all like wasn't that like a, a big like hullabaloo like two years ago and then everybody forgot about it where it's like, oh, yeah, we're paying all this money in the system and none of that money is getting back to the MTA. I never follow the like day by day minutia of the New York State Senate. I have friends who do and yeah. you know like all about it. Right. But I like I'm honestly like, what the fuck happened? We, there was this like big touchdown dance because yeah. we finally took control back from the Republicans. Right, it's right. Like, Where's the fucking money? Yeah, like, uh, there was, like, this big expose, like, two or three years ago, where it was like, yeah, all this money that's funding the MP MTA, it goes to Albany, it goes to the state legislator, yeah. and it's supposed to get funneled back to the MTA, but it's like, none of that money is getting to the MTA. Right. It's just, it's, they're using it to fund, like, the state government, and right. it's like, get, just give us the money that people pay for their Metro cards, and it will be fixed. Yeah, I just Googled New York State Senate subway, and... The third article is about the congestion pricing. Yeah, it's like all you have to do is just give us the money we pay for the MTA and like it could fix all these issues. Okay, so April 1st, is this an April Fool's Day article? Uh, the New York State Senate and Assembly passed a $175 billion budget, including a pay raise for the governor. Okay. No. Uh in the Senate, the process to pass each of the 10 bills included the budget required approximately. Yep, yep, yep. Where? Yeah. MTA reform and funding. It required the MTA to develop a reorganization plan by June. So they passed the budget. Ugh. All right. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. It seems insane uh, that it's not funded. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. Uh because it has like how many millions of riders every day and like well also speaking about climate change like public transportation is a good thing yeah that we should be funding to fight climate change yeah so I mean, a lot less people would take like ubers and lyfts if it was just easy to like hop on a bus or a subway and get where you needed to go in a reasonable amount of time did you ever hear the episode of chris hayes's podcast where they talk about the subway I haven't heard that one. I do love that podcast. Though. It's really interesting. Listen to it. It will infuriate you. Yeah. Because part of the problem is they're running the trains at a speed that they don't need to be running them at. Right. They could be running faster. 
Oh yeah, they like slowed them down. And that's what the signal problem. I are. did. I did read an article about that. I didn't hear the podcast, but I think uh, either he was basing it on that article or because I remember he tweeted out an article about that. Mm-hmm. It was like. Oh, yeah, they're just running the trains really slow. Yeah, yeah, because one time a train collided with, I think, another train yeah. on a bridge. Yes, yeah, No yeah. one was hurt, right. but it was really scary, uh-huh. and they like the MTA didn't want to take flack for it, they so they were like, we'll just slow down all the trains, and it was like, you don't need to fucking they do that. They slowed down all the trains. They still run on, like... You know how you see in like cartoons those old timey operator systems where there's like wires and switches and they're like patching phone mm-hmm. calls together? That's basically the MTA switch system. Yeah. They still run on like 90 year old technology. Right. <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway, historic climate legislation, good news. It's so good. And like the, 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 uh, groups in New York City that do activism, do climate activism are awesome. Yes. Like, they are so good. They're not fucking around. They are not fucking... They are hardcore, like... Uh, there's one specifically um, based out of where I live, Sunset Park, called Up Rose. Mm-hmm. They are so good. Mm-hmm. They are badasses. Mm-hmm. And they are just, like, really holding the city, like, city's feet to the fire on climate legislation. And it is fucking awesome. Yeah, so speaking of urban organizing, I wanted to recommend uh, over at The Intercept, Naomi Klein wrote this article called A Message from the Future with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh-huh. And there's a video uh, at the top of it with art by Molly Crabapple. And it's this really inspiring message about what our future could look like right, right, right. with organizing and focus on uh, combating climate change. And it's that rare thing where I think so often when we talk about climate change, it's this sort of apocalyptic defeatist mm-hmm. rhetoric where right. people are just like, oh, I just want to curl up and sleep because <laughs> yeah. I feel like the problem's so big. What can I do? Mm-hmm. And this is a really inspiring message about the Green New Deal. Like, here's something we can do. Here's how we can participate. We haven't lost yet. Yeah. We can keep fighting. Right. And the future looks like, you know, young women of color taking over Congress yeah. uh, and fighting for their own communities. Mm-hmm. Um, just you know, murdering white people. Yeah, just blood in the streets. <laughs> that's what the... That's the, what the whole video the is, right? beautiful I haven't art s- by Molly Crabapple. I haven't seen it yet, but I assume that's what it is. It's just like... <laughs> just, just guillotines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, listen, I'm not opposed to guilt, <laughs> but that's for a different episode. Uh, Eric, do you want to plug anything? Uh, if you're in New York and you hear this before tonight? 10.30 tonight, come uh, on down. Come to Mark's Theater uh, in the East Village. We have it. Our, our comedy uh, team has a show. We've got a, a sick lineup. Aparna Nancherla yeah. will be there. Amazing. Of Bojack horseman fame just one of the best stand-ups she, so good i was telling people last night because i did a show where i was like i keep waiting for aparna to go like hollywood mm-hmm. and immediately both people i was talking to went that will never happen <laughs> yeah. aparna will never go hollywood uh-huh because i was like oh you're probably too busy but do you want to do our show and she was like oh my god i'd love to oh and i was like you are the best unbelievable person. <laughs> uh yeah come on out uh you won't see me because i'll be running the text you'll see me for like the last 10 minutes is that of the true show. i didn't know that was happening yeah i just I, <laughs> I i don't like talking about myself but like the last time i ran tech i just it was very easy to run the board uh-huh. so i feel like i have a good grasp on their tech system now sure. so instead of trying to find people to like constantly relearn the system mm-hmm. i just decided i'm just gonna run the tech okay. all the you shows did a good job thank you so uh, who else? Oh, Chloe and Rachel's moms will be doing improv insane. with us. Totally insane. It just happened that they were both going to be in the city yeah. at the same time. And they were like, would it be weird if our moms did improv with us? And we were like, so weird. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I might wear this blazer. It, that's weird to I wear should, a blazer. I should, I should wear the blazer. When doing improv. So yeah, yeah under St. Mark's Theater at 1030. Come on down. Tonight. Tonight. Oh, it's going to be wild. It's going to be super fun. Yeah. $5 with the code drama. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And if um, you can't make this one, come next month. We're, yeah. the, we're the third Friday of every month. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't have much else to plug. Do I'll I? Have some- do I'll have I stuff have later to plug. I think one of my bands is going to do a little Midwest tour in July. Noise. June You'll or July, I forget. Come back on to promote that then. Yeah, totally. Desi, I need you to chill. Oh, uh, my short hum is up in my Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. If you are any tier member there, you can watch it. What? It's, uh, I've heard it's good. 
I believed it was good. You haven't I, watched it. And then I got support from other people who uh-huh. were like, this is very good. And I was like, thank you. That's seems, I feel like if I made a movie, I don't know if I would be able to watch the end. Like the end result. I think it was easier for me because I'm not in it. Right. Oh, that's true. If I was acting in it, maybe <laughs> oh, it would be weird. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I, I actually texted. So uh, the reason I ran here is because I was doing like a little like a uh, quick little like video gig. Mm-hmm. And the last time I did it, so I do like this little like on camera thing. And then I have to transcribe what I say mm-hmm. so that there's like subtitles. Uh, and they just send it to me and I just transcribe exactly what I said. And the last time I was doing it, I was like, this is my actual nightmare. Yeah. Just having to watch myself talk closely, on camera. So closely you can write down every word you say. Uh-huh. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Sign up at any tier. All of the support is amazing. You keep us going. If you want to go to lighttreason.news, that's another way to support us. Just smash the donate button. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. There's so many of you on Instagram, and I love the engagement. Um, Have a wonderful weekend. Penny, do you have anything to say? Looked like she was going to say something, and mm-hmm. then she didn't. She just and now she's the licking herself in front of me. Uh, guys, have a great weekend. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. Right, Penny? Are we fighting? <laughs>